I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. With me today is Dr. Liz Hale. She's a marriage and family therapist, and we are talking today about something called gray divorce. And Dr. Liz, this is the first time I've heard this term. What is that? Isn't that interesting? You know, so when you look at the livelihood of marriage and divorce, there is a spike in divorce about year six, believe it or not. At least half of our, mar- half of our divorces happen at year six. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. And now there's this new spike that's happening later in life, maybe after children are leaving the nest or once a child reaches even the age of 14, we're seeing the spike in later divorce. And I think it was made known, especially recently, by some of the well-known couples, especially Bill and Melinda Gates. And what is going on with gray divorce? I mean, what are you finding is actually happening at that point in a person's life? You know, for, for starters, it's mainly the sheer number. It's why we're having more divorce during this set because of the baby boomers, right? We have 75 million of us between the ages of 57 and 75. That's you and me. Mm-hmm. So as well as we're living longer and we have changes in attitudes do- towards divorce, there's really not the stigma anymore. Right. Older couples are really demanding more out of life. If you just look at even the public divorce statement that the Gates said, that that, uh, it was something along the lines of, we no longer believe we can grow together as a couple. Which, you know, a lot of people can understand. Yeah. Yep. You and I will never know really about the Gates marriage. I mean, there's many rumors floating around. We're not on the inside. I certainly am not. But there are some themes, some, some themes, it seems like, Maria, for better or for worse. And one of them is money. Do you remember the day when uh, we really couldn't afford to divorce? Right. It just wasn't an option, right? Mm-hmm. But today, circumstances are very different. And, and it seems like the more options we have, including financial, the easier it is to let go of a marriage when the distance has grown too great. It's kind of heartbreaking, though, to think that money would even be a factor in whether you end your relationship or your marriage with someone. Yes, yes. As we look at for better, for worse, let's look at the better part. What, what about for those who are struggling at, at that verge of divorce? That's probably about 50% of my clientele. Who, who are we? are at the end here, and we've got to go left or right. Think about what that shared meaning, making life dreams coming true for each other. Think of what that would look like. I have a couple right now I'm working with, and he's had a very lucrative career. He's looking at early retirement, and they're facing these next decades very differently. He's wanting to travel the world, do these long-term humanitarian missions, and she wants to stay home in Utah County and take care of grandbabies. Mm. (laughs) They're very different. Now, for some couples, this could be a deal breaker, right? Right. But they're finding a way after some really long and, and very difficult conversations of how to work these priorities together but separately. So she, he's going to be doing those humanitarian missions. She's going to be supporting him. She may go occasionally, and she's going to be staying put, 
holding down the fort and helping with her grandchildren. Right. Then there's another, there's another area, parenting, right? We talked about that, Maria, of, of empty nest. And you probably remember when your boys were young, it's very difficult. My heart goes out to parents of how to put a, prior, how to, how to put a, a partner as a priority over your parenting mm-hmm, role. Do mm-hmm. you remember that? You've got these little dependents. So how, it's, it's not easy to do both. But the Who demand your time marriage, and affection yes. and take, up, uh, take away from your partner. That is so true. The, the, the research is that with every child that comes along, there is a dip in marital satisfaction just because of the very reasons you said. There's less time, there's less resource, less money, less sleep, less of us to go around. Right. And then we've got down the road, then the empty nest, right? We look at each other and we're saying, oh my goodness, I don't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. That's a really good time for a couple to reassess. You know, I, I have a, 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 a nephew, an older nephew, who's well-grown adult with a family of his own, and he works with companies innovation, helping people re-innovate themselves. And corporations are doing this all the time. Like, where have we gone and now where are we going and and what are we going to do differently to get there? How do we need to change ourselves to be successful? We could do that as a couple. Why not? Why could we not? Right. Instead of growing apart, growing together. That's right. That's right. Take some time. There are other options besides divorce. You know, it's not that we should never have divorce. That would be unethical of me to say, Maria. It's just that the truth of it, truth of it is, is that the majority of couples who do divorce regret their decision. So that tells us something already, that perhaps it's worth turning over more stones to really know, is that really the right thing for us? There's a couple more factors to look at. Um, one is indeed time, just as we said, you know, when you think of Bill, about Bill and Melinda Gates, I mean, how in the world would they have had time for each other, right? They're tackling some of the biggest problems we suffer from in humanity. Mm-hmm. It's got to be hard to prioritize your spouse over issues as enormous as global poverty and illness. Right. So again, for here, what's the better part? Um, my biggest surprise in marriage midlife was how much time and tension and attention marriage required if I really wanted to have a truly fulfilling one. So that's, that's really what it comes down to is like, wow, if I got to first say yes to this relationship so that the no's kind of have their place. Otherwise, we cannot do it all in life at the same time, right? We cannot have all of our needs met, pursue all of our interests, and have a relationship that really thrives. Something has to give. Do you remember ever hearing that back in the day, honeymoons used to be one year long? No. When was yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> Before Part my of American time. history. <laughs> oh. and, and even today. Even it was the honeymoon the period, not so much the place where you go after your <laughs> wedding, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a focus, right? right? It was more of a focus. Even in Deuteronomy, in the Old Testament, there is this scripture, believe it or not, that says to newly married men that for a whole year they are not to work or go to war, but they're to stay home and become an expert on one person. Guess who that is, right? right. On their wife. I love that. I, I think that's pretty cool. You know, it's sobering to know that that admonishment says absolutely nothing about a wife's job. Mm. <laughs> but of course we have a role. There's reciprocity also, right? When a husband takes the time to make his wife's happiness his priority, a wife typically feels compelled to make him happy. And that that's in... Old Testament, and that's in modern research as well with Dr. John Gottman. 
he found something very similar that men go first, even though no one is absolved of responsibility. But obviously it goes to, to say, doesn't it? it was without saying, I think, Maria, that married life is going to be much more satisfying, resilient, and prosperous when we intentionally develop the right habits early on. But I don't think it's ever too late to do the right thing. Dr. Liz, let me go back to something you said about most people who get divorced regret that decision. True. Can you explain more of that? Mm-hmm. Is it because it really didn't fix things? It didn't make them any happier? Yes. You know, one of my friends, her parents divorced when she was an adolescent. It was very, very hard on her. And um, to this day, it's, it's, you know, a couple of decades later now, and her parents are both remarried to other partners. And they both will say, they stop short of saying we regret our decision to divorce, but they do say we could have tried harder. There are other things we could have done, and we wish we would have done them. We'll never know, right? We'll never know. And again, I think in factors of abuse or addiction, sometimes divorce is inevitable. It's absolutely the right thing. And it's such a personal decision, right? I'm, I'm sad that there is so much shame around divorce. If that is what a couple decides, then go make right by it, right? Mm-hmm. Go, go develop a good life. There's an interesting article that, that if our listeners want to Google, it's called how uh, divorce is the most important story you'll ever tell your children that your divorce attitudes are going to reflect on them. So be very careful that at the end of the day, you are neither the victim or the villain, that you part on the best ways of possible. Um, Someone in my office yesterday after nine years, it was a a beautiful gay couple. They uh, decided, these two women, that that they've kind of reached the the end. They have, uh, they're at a crossroads. One wants a child. One really doesn't want a child. They've reached that impasse, and we talked a great deal about the divorce and that even at this ninth year and moving forward, this will still color all of their nine years of marriage, how they treat each other. This is, it's going to be a very important aspect. The wrapping up stage is going to be a very important aspect of their marital story, if you will. Right. So I know, Dr. Liz, people listening to us right now, are some of them are approaching that you know, that gray area where they are getting older and the kids have all left home and they're thinking, well, then what is it that I can do? What are some of the key things that I can do to make my marriage extend through the rest of my life? Right, right. You know, there are, there are the things we can look at as far as reinventing yourselves, talking about what are, what are these dream goals? What, what do we have in common? What do we not have in common? Where do we find the bridge? How do I help you reach your goals? How do you help me? It's not always easy to, to um, move forward in a, in a marriage. We have to reinvent ourselves. I look at it this way, but when a, when a couple is at this crossroads, um, I say to them, well, there are certain things we're both going to have to learn how to, how to do, how to do better at in marriage. I, you're going to have to learn how to be a better wife the woman, you're going to have to learn how to be a better husband to the man. So what if we were to learn how to do those things here, now? Mm-hmm. Because wherever I go, there I am. So I'm going to go to marriage number two or three, and I'm probably going to hear very similar complaints that I heard from marriage one, from my spouse there. So what if I were to just learn how to do things a little bit differently here in this one? It's, it's like turning over every stone, having no regrets, right? Right. The, the one thought I, I do suggest is very few, 
where do we learn how to do this thing called marriage? <laughs> we mm. just don't, right, Maria? There are a lot of Unless, books written, but I'm not sure yeah. any of them come to any huge consensus. There, there are books written, that's true, and there are some really good books that are written. But boy, I don't think we really learn how to do this thing called marriage until we get in and get some training and get some help with it. So it's never, I don't think, I don't think it's usually never too late to have a new beginning. Um, for those individuals who are really considering thinking divorce, uh, good for you to spend time and energy thinking about it before you file for it. There's a wonderful resource called YourDivorceQuestions.org, YourDivorceQuestions.org, that I'm really impressed with the, the depth of information. It's um, how does divorce affect uh, daughters versus sons? Does it affect them differently? What can I expect in a divorce? Um, get yourselves educated. You know, I, I was working with a couple who's out, actually outside of the country, so we do a lot of work on Zoom. But mm-hmm. um, he was in a minister position in his church. His wife had had a one-night stand, and it was a very difficult thing for him to overcome. And I thought, this is going to take a miracle for them to recover. Mm-hmm. And the miracle actually happened when he talked to a really good, solid divorce attorney who was able to lay everything out. From this is how it's going to look when you divorce. This is how it's going to look in your parenting, how your vacations will be managed with, with children. This is how it's going to look with money and investments. This is how the whole trajectory will be, as best as I can tell. And that was the one thing that really got him to look at the big picture. Instead of that myopic piece of, I can't believe she did this to me, he was able to say, okay, what am I willing to let go of for a greater good? Mm-hmm. And you that that takes a lot. That takes a big heart. It it takes it a lot of soul searching uh, to it get to that point. Pause, right? Hitting pause on the like I wish you could do that just like a computer screen, but hitting pause, saying, "Okay, now before I do this big step, have I really looked at everything? Have we really looked at all the options? Have we done everything within our power to see what chapter two could be like?" I talk about marriage two point all the time in marriage therapy. What would, it do, what would it look like going forward? What would I need to do differently? What would I need to see done differently from my partner? Why not, why not lay it all out there and say, what are the possibilities? Let's reach for the stars. These two people at one time made a commitment. They found that they, found, they sought someone they loved. They wanted to be together forever. Uh, to love, honor, and cherish, well, let's make sure that we've really given it our all before we make that final stop and put a period behind the marriage and move to another life. Dr. Liz, uh, such important things for folks to consider before they just jump right to the divorce attorney. Yes. All right. Dr. Liz, thank you for all of your time. Thank you. It's been such an honor. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.